I'm not going to be long. I just want to take a minute to bring you what I feel the Lord has laid upon my heart. We're not going to lose the momentum that we have in the service tonight because this is going to be completely apostolic. I'm not going to preach much tonight. I just want to share a few things that the Lord has revealed to me. When I share those things with you tonight, then we're going to put them into action. And we're going to respond according to what God is speaking into our spirit and what God is calling us to do tonight. This morning I closed the message with this thought as I preached about rekindling the fire. I closed with the point that the church will do great exploits. And I had you look at one another today if you were here this morning and I had you speak to that person and say that means you and that means me. The church will do great exploits. Now, I want you to, I want to pick up where we left off this morning. And we had a great move of the Holy Ghost in the service this morning, but God is not done. So I'm going to pick up where we left off this morning. I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to tell them God is going to do great exploits through you. Now, I want you to look at them and tell them, I believe in you and God is going to use you. Now, about, about half of you participated. We're going to try this one more time. Now, I want you to look back at your neighbor, and I want, them, I want you to tell them, I believe in you, and God is going to do great exploits in your life. Here's what I want you to get tonight is God is going to do great exploits in your life. John chapter 14, verse 12, let me read. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He, everybody say, that's me, that believeth on me, say, that's Christ. The works that I do, that's Christ. Shall he, say that's me, shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do. Say that's me because I, that's Christ, go to my Father. Jesus says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I do he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. I'm going to preach for a few minutes tonight, not really preach, I'm going to kind of teach for a minute, and then we're going to put what I'm speaking into your spirit, into action tonight. Apostolic demonstration at the hands of the church. Apostolic demonstration at the hands of the church. God, right now we need you to complete the work that you have already started. Lord, you have set the stage perfectly tonight for what you intend to do and how you intend to complete what you have already started. Lord, don't allow me to stand in the way of what you want to do tonight. God, I humble myself before you. And Lord, I very cautiously and carefully move forward with the service tonight by the unction of the Holy Ghost and by the quickening of your spirit tonight. 
Lord, that I believe you're going to release miracle signs and wonders in this room at the hands of the saints tonight. And we magnify and glorify and believe you and thank you for it. Now somebody rejoice in the Lord. Somebody rejoice in the Lord with me tonight. If you believe it, rejoice and lift up your voice. If you believe God's going to perform it tonight, give him high praise in the house. Lift up your voice with that hand clap and give him glory. and Give him praise. Hallelujah. Now, you can be seated. That I'm going to be very straightforward tonight, and I don't want to be rude, but I want to be very straightforward if I can, and I hope you give me the leeway to do so tonight. But that was a very, very weak response to the fact that you believe that God is going to perform miracle signs and wonders at the hands of a church tonight. Because if you really believe that God was going to perform miracle signs and wonders at the laying on of your hands tonight, this place would unfold. Now come on, give him praise like you really believe he's going to perform it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. The works mentioned in this chapter of John, the 14th chapter and the 12th verse. The works mentioned here is referring to the accomplishments that you attain by faith. Everything that God has in your life and for you will come by faith. The phrase greater works is the same phrase that could have been translated exploits. When in John chapter 14 the scripture said greater works than these shall you do, Daniel in the 11th chapter said they that know the Lord shall be strong and shall do great exploits. Same terminology, same God. Just a different time. Great exploits, greater things. Now the phrase, I've got a little bit of a ring going on here on the platform that's affected me just a little bit, Sam. I don't know what we can do. The phrase greater works is referring to these exploits. Daniel chapter 11 very clearly describes the exploits that God intends to do through his people. You will do exploits. I believe this, and here is what I see for the future of the church now. I'm going, to, I'm going to speak what I feel that the Lord has directed me. Our church is reaching a point where that we have raised up and are raising up people of God that are going to do great exploits in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are going to do 
great exploits. Now, if you really believed it, if you really believed that you were going to do great exploits, I couldn't contain you tonight. So I have a huge job to do, and we're not going forward with prayer for the sick and the needs that are in the room tonight until there's enough people persuaded that you are going to do great exploits. I got a huge task ahead of me tonight because I've got to build enough faith in you to believe that you are going to do great exploits. I appreciate the confidence that you have in me and I appreciate the confidence you have in the ministers, the evangelists and the preachers that we bring into this church and the the confidence that you have in the ministerial staff and the ministers uh, of this congregation. I have great confidence in them. I have great confidence in every one of them. There are men that are sitting among you tonight that are giant men of faith and they may not be the most outspoken and the people that you may not pick out of the congregation but I, I know who they are. And they're men of great faith. And I have great, great faith in them. And I know that they, and you, and I appreciate the confidence and the faith that you have put in them and you have put in me. But what I am trying to build in you is the confidence that the same power that God has placed within me and within the ministers of the gospel that come and fill this pulpit, that God will grant you the same power and the same anointing Because we have the same name of Jesus. Here is the issue. You are not the healer. I am not the healer. The evangelist is not the healer. God is the only healer. When you and I get to the point of really understanding that, it's going to change the dynamic of our faith. We will stop believing that, well, if I can just get pastor to lay hands on me or if I can just get brother Brooks to lay hands on me or if I can just get Gentry to lay hands on me or Dylan to lay hands on me or Nate to lay hands on me if you can just get it in our cranium tonight that it is not my hands it is not the oil it is obedience to the word and the name of Jesus and according to your faith You are not the miracle worker. You nor I nor anyone else can fill anybody with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want you to get this real clear tonight because there's going to be some great things, some crazy things that's going to happen in this house. Not just tonight, but in the next few weeks as we are going through fasting and prayer, I am expecting... Things to blow your ever-loving mind. And when it happens, don't get preacher religion. Don't get pastor religion. 
And don't get lifted up in yourself when it happens at your hands. Understand that it is God. And it is the power in the name of Jesus. Because there is no power in any other name other than the name of Jesus. But when you speak the name of Jesus, hell trembles, demons flee, sickness goes, the Holy Ghost falls, miracles, signs, and wonders happens when we speak the name of Jesus. Now allow me to finish this. We're not quite there yet, but we're on our way. The word exploit, it, it, it has dual meanings. But the word exploit in the term in which the scripture is using it and that I am referring to it tonight, it means to be bold and to put great faith into action. To be bold and to put great faith into action. In other words, before we can ever see it, before we've ever realized it, before we know how God's going to work it out, we will take a bold action toward it. And declare in the name of the Lord, we will not be defeated that God is going to see us through. That's why I believe that when we take a step of faith and we step out of this building and we go to the surrounding neighborhoods and communities and begin to do evangelism in a bold act of faith that God is going to give us dominion over the region. God is going to give us spiritual dominion and there are going to be people filled with the Holy Ghost in every burg, in every region around about us. Here's the issue. Satan wants you to think that you can't do it. Satan wants you to believe that it can happen for anybody else, but it can't happen for you. He wants you to think that God can't use you or that God won't use you in such a way. Now, give me a second. Let me teach for a minute, brother. Because there's only two reasons that I can find in Scripture that you can stop God from being able to work through you. Number one, when you have sin in your life, God is not obligated to work through you. So therefore, we are obligated to clean up our life and walk righteously and holy before the Lord. But if you are walking righteously and holy before the Lord, and there is not sin in your life, active sin in your life, and you have repented over that sin, you have put yourself in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can pray and expect miracles to happen when you pray. Number two. The second group that cannot expect miracles to happen are those that are living with unforgiveness in their life. I'm off of my notes. If you are living with unforgiveness in your life, whether it's something that somebody has done to you and you have not forgiven them, 
whether it's something that happened to you that you couldn't help, but you have not forgiven it. Whatever has brought unforgiveness in your life, if you are holding a grudge against your brother, this much I know, the power of healing can be held back through unforgiveness. Is that what the scripture teaches? The power can be released by your forgiveness. So when you submit and surrender to God and forgive those that have done wrong to you, you have placed yourself in, the, in, in line with the ability to be able to be used by God. So if you have harbored feelings against somebody, oh, it's getting quiet in here. If you are withholding forgiveness from somebody, you are obligated by God to forgive them. If not, when you stand before the Lord, you are going to be judged the same way that you judge others. That's why I believe you cannot be saved and hold feelings against your brother, against your sister, against leadership. Against the church. Because when you get to heaven, if you are holding and harboring feelings and ill will against someone, God is not going to forgive you because you refuse to forgive them. That's what the scripture teaches. You will be judged according to the way that you judge others. But if you are not withholding forgiveness, if you are walking in the spirit of forgiveness, how many of you know what I mean when I say that? I've taught on this so many times. Maybe I need to go back and teach on it again sometime. I don't have time tonight to teach on the spirit, walking in the spirit of forgiveness. But you need to learn to walk in the spirit of forgiveness. There are people that have wronged me, that have talked about me, that have said things behind my back, that have stabbed me, that have hurt me, that have, if, if, anybody, if, if anybody in the room ought to have a right to sit down and put, cry you a puddle of tears, it ought to be me. Anybody else feel the same way? All right, so I'm not in bad company. We all have our share of things, but if you choose to let it dominate you and prevent you and hold you back, you can prevent God from working through you. I am going to give you just a few minutes in this service tonight that we are going to release forgiveness in our life. And when you release forgiveness in your life, if you are walking holy and righteously before the Lord and you release forgiveness in your life and you make those things right in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, and with whomever that you have have been withholding forgiveness from you are setting yourself up for God to perform the miraculous through your hands I better get back on my notes so Satan puts doubt in our minds and says God will not work through us and he will not work through you if you have a mind filled with doubt because God will not work through doubt. God works through faith. So if there is any bit of doubt, God is not going to work. The reason that we do not see the miraculous is because we are operating in a realm of partial faith. 
but we leave space for doubt. Neither give space for the devil. Kick him out. All doubt must go. I believe tonight we are going to lay hands on some people in this room. I believe tonight that we are going to anoint some prayer cloths. I believe tonight we are going to speak some names in faith. And when we do, there's going to be enough people in agreement with no doubt and with complete faith that God is going to release healing and miracles and signs and wonders when the people of God get a grip on what God whipped me up over last night. I didn't sleep last night because the Lord beat me up with this message all night. Satan puts doubt in your mind because it is his weapon that he can use against you to prevent the miraculous from happening through your prayer. Secondly, give me some time. Give me some time. I want to get there with you. I want to dance with you. Satan puts fear in your spirit. Does it come from God? Well, that's just the way I am. No, it's not just the way you are. You were born again, and the devil's filled your mind with fear. And you're going to have to kick the devil in fear out of your mind and out of your heart. God is not afraid of the things you're afraid of. We get worried about our reputations. Well, pastor, what if I speak a powerful word that they're going to be healed, lay hands on them, and they are not healed? Does that make me a false prophet? Don't prophesy it. Speak a word of faith over them. Well, what's going to happen if I speak a word of faith and it doesn't come to pass? I'm going to look bad. There is the problem. We're worried about our reputation. I may lose some credibility with some of you tonight because I'm going to lay hands on some things tonight and I'm going to speak a word of faith over them. And if you want to judge me for speaking a word of faith over somebody and speaking it into existence, you can go ahead and judge me all you want to. But the only way that miracle signs and wonders are going to come to pass is when two or three people agree together. But my Bible tells me if I can just get two or three of us to agree together and shake our heads and shake our hands and say, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? If we believe together, anything that we ask in his name, anything, anything that we ask in his name. Anything, anything. I'm about halfway there. These are good questions. But only because we worry about what people are going to think about us. Do you want to know why? If you're a guest here, God bless you. I love you. Come back and give me another chance. But I got to preach to the church tonight. Right where we are. Because God is calling us. God's calling us. The reason 
that during this season and during the awakening, we see so many miracles, signs, and wonders, and awesome things that happen, and 20 people getting the Holy Ghost in one service. The reason is, is because we fast the flesh into submission for a little while. And when we fast the flesh into submission, we quit worrying about what somebody's going to think about us. Because I hadn't eaten any good food in 40 days and I haven't. Come on, let's get real about it. When we start fasting and praying, we get less concerned about me and more concerned about what God's going to do. When it comes to the working of the Spirit, I, I, let, me, let me give you some things, some things that I haven't taught to you, and, and Wednesday night's not the right time to teach it. It's got to happen on Sunday night. That's why I'm choosing tonight to do this. When it comes to the working of the Spirit, every person is either, you are either a conduit for the working of the Spirit, or you are a short circuit. You're a shorted ground. Maybe I need Jeremy to come up here and explain that to you. Either you are a conduit for the flow of the Holy Ghost and you are there and God is flowing through you. That's why when we get to altar call that I'm constantly urging you, come on, stay engaged. Come on, stay engaged. Here's why. Because either God is flowing through you and you're creating an environment for the person that's praying and seeking God and you're creating an environment or either you're creating a distraction. You're short-circuiting what God's trying to do. We're up here trying to create an environment and somebody's standing over here twiddling their thumbs. Either you are a conduit or you are a short circuit. This is why. Get ready. Because I'm teaching you this because I love you and I know what's going to happen. You're going to get this tonight and there's going to be a change in how we deal with the moving of the Holy Ghost and the moving of the Spirit. And we're going to have less short circuits and more conduits. And that means the Holy Ghost is going to flow more freely. And miracles and signs and wonders are going to happen more freely among us. Because we're going there. Now, I'm going to help you. And, and I'm going to be very real tonight and crucify me. I grew up in an era and in an area. Two different things. That means I, I grew up many, many years ago, young people. In a different locale. I grew up in an era and in, and in, in, in an area where the operation of the Spirit was almost considered mysticism. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Any movement of the Spirit was almost mysticism. Whoa! If I heard it once, I heard it a thousand times as a child growing up. You better be sure that it's God and not the flesh. Because if it's the flesh, God's going to get you. And I became so fearful of the operation of the Spirit that I refused to take a chance 
that maybe it was God speaking through me or God speaking to me. And out of fear, I sit back reserved and trembled and people thought I had nothing to say. But I was afraid to speak it because I had been told, you better make sure it's God. I don't know where in the Bible that that philosophy or that theology comes from. I am in awe of God. I am fearful of the majesty and power and awe of God. I would not want to be hypocritical about the moving of the Spirit. But this mentality in this training in this teaching has caused many good people to never tap into the flow of the Holy Ghost and has prevented many miracles from happening when they were praying for the miraculous but they were sitting on their hands when God was saying, I want to do it at your hands. If you'll get off of your hands, I'll perform it. If you'll lose that mentality, then I'm wanting to kill you for trying to, to work. The Bible says that he, that you are going to do great exploits. My wife and I talked about this a little bit last night. Now I want you to get this. Because when the, when the Holy Ghost is moving, the first voice that you hear is the voice of God. Billy Cole says, the second voice that you hear is the flesh. And the third voice that you hear is Satan. This is why we must respond immediately when God speaks something into your spirit do not delay do not wait when God says lay hands on them you better move immediately and lay hands on them if not the flesh will tell you don't do it and the devil will say see I told you you shouldn't do it We must respond immediately to keep the flesh and the devil from interfering with the operation of the Holy Ghost. God wants to perform the miraculous among his people. God wants to heal. The scripture teaches he is more willing to give than we are to receive. I believe anybody in the house tonight that is not born again, if you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you have never spoken in tongues, it is not difficult. I wish I could give it to you. I can't. But I can tell you how you receive it. If you will repent of your sins, and if you will be baptized in water by the, calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a promise that belongs to you and it's not difficult to receive. If you'll throw your hands in the air and begin to thank Him for it and begin to receive it, He will give it to you and you will speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. If you've got a need in your life, I believe God wants to provide whatever the need is. Financial, God wants to bless you. 
If you're faithful to him and you put your finances into his hand, don't, 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 don't live without paying your tithes, without supporting the work of ministry, without being obedient to God, and you've been in the church your whole life and come up to me and say, Pastor, I don't understand why my finances are a mess. I do. You got a curse on your life. You've robbed God. Stop robbing God and God will fix your finances. There are people that have situations in their life that God wants to perform a miracle of healing. There are people with trouble in your homes. There are relationship problems that God wants to mend tonight. I keep going back there because I felt it all afternoon. There are relationship issues that God wants to heal. But you are going to have to put it in the hands of the Lord and submit to Him and say yes to Him and do whatever He speaks into your spirit. If it is go to the person that you feel like you're right and tell them I'm sorry for trying to exercise my right against you. The miraculous will happen when we get over our flesh. I'm almost done. And when I'm done speaking, God is going to perform the miraculous in our midst tonight. Now... We had oil sitting up here, and it vibrated and fell off and broke. But the devil is a liar. Because I got some more oil. We got a whole bottle over here. I gave it to Brother Mike Brooks. I said, hold on to this. We may need it before the night's over. Because I may run out with this little bottle. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost so powerful in this house right now. The miraculous is going to happen when we get over our flesh. And when we recognize that the power is not, is not in our hands, but the power of God is working in us. Because you have been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And gr greater things than these, Jesus said, shall you do. And greater things than these shall you do. This is the word of the Lord. Not by my might, not by my power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's not about me, it's about his power. I am a conduit. I am a vessel. Some of the greatest miracles that I have ever witnessed happen did not happen when Lee Stong King or one of our great faith healers and faith preachers has laid hands on somebody and they receive their healing. But it's when somebody that nobody even knows about, when some grandma walks over and lays hands on somebody and says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and a miracle happens at their hands. I am telling you tonight that the same power, the same authority, the same anointing, the same dominion rests within you because you have the power of the name of Jesus. If you speak the name of Jesus, Satan begins to tremble just like if I speak the name of Jesus. Sister Shana, if you could put the names on the screen that we're going to pray for tonight. Everybody that's got a need, I want you to lift up your hand right where you are tonight. 
Here's what I'm going to ask, only for the sake of the anointing. Gentry, I'm going to ask you, Brother Brooks, I'm going to ask you just for the sake of anointing tonight. I want one of you to go to one side, one to the other. And I want you to just anoint. And I want the people around them to begin to pray over them right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have a need, I want you to lift your hand real high. Keep it up until they come and anoint you. If somebody is around you with their hands raised tonight, let's go right now. If somebody around you has a hand raised, I want you to lay hands upon them. You, you brethren, may have to walk down the pew. You may have to give a little room in the pew so that they can get to you. Just anoint them and move. Let the church body pray. I want you just to anoint them with oil and let the church body pray. Don't pray passively. Don't pray silently. I want you to lift up your voice in a mighty prayer. I want you to call on the name of the Lord in a mighty prayer. Don't be ashamed. Don't be timid. Somebody's going to step out on faith tonight. You're going to know. You're going to feel the unction of the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And you're going to know, I've got to lay hands on this person. I have to lay hands on them. I must lay hands on them. I must anoint them. When you feel that, do not delay. Do not hold back, but move immediately and lay hands on them and begin to pray over them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm going to tell you tonight, hell is beginning to tremble. Satan is beginning to tremble because he fears what is about to happen at Christian Life Church when the people of God get a hold of the revelation of what I have preached to you tonight. Greater things than these shall you do. Shall you do. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Come on, pray for them like you're praying for your own self. Pray for them in the name of Jesus. Somebody can receive refreshing. Somebody can receive renewal. Don't quench the Holy Ghost right now. Step out from where you are and do what God is speaking into your spirit right now. You will not regret doing what God is speaking into your spirit right now.